and welcome to the Nobody Asked Our Opinion podcast. Podcast where two members of the House of Hall <laughs> talk about all things pop culture. <laughs> this member of the House of Hall is JJ. And this member of the House of Hall is Joanna. Just a couple of Chicago Mackie dolls here. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, bitch. I was rooting for you. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's so ridiculous. I've, was it Kimura Hall? I think I was listening to... Kamora Hall, not Kimora Hall. Kamora Hall, I, I think, know. is also in the new Hocus Pocus with Cornbread. That might be true. I know Cornbread was in it. Because there was a, um, I want to say Entertainment Weekly, like, little, like, sit-down get-together with all the, with uh, Tranos and her, uh, her Infinity Gauntlet. And her Infinity Gauntlet and her Infinity Stones in the form of Bosco, Willow, Pill, uh, Jasmine Kennedy was there, too, and, and Cornbread. Cornbread. And I think Cornbread mentioned that she was on the set of Hocus Pocus 2 and I think she mentioned Kamara Hall I cannot remember for this was a while ago not a while ago a while um but anyhow anyway welcome back to the pod yeah we'll talk about Hocus Pocus a little later we will definitely (laughs) talk about it later um that was an exciting intro that made me happy. <laughs> I love Kamara Hall. She's so stupid. So dumb. And she's fucking gorgeous. She's so pretty. It's not fair. It's really not fair. Um, you want to, Speaking of things that aren't... <laughs> life's not fair. Life's not fair. So, remember how I said, oh, in July, Evie Oddly's going to be at Faces here in Sacramento. And you were like, oh, work. You know when she's here? The day I'm supposed to be coming back from L.A. <laughs> a spoiler alert, like, I'm well, probably damn. not going to make it in time. <laughs> so you should go see Evie without me. I can try, yeah. I know that you got to uh, you got to meet Raja. What, mm, I met Raja, and she's so pretty. A weeks ago or so? Yeah, she's ago. so pretty. She said my eye makeup looked fierce. Yes. She said I was pretty. And, but the, right. like the bigger compliment was that she said my makeup skills were pretty. Right. I mean, I think I mentioned. I think we talked about this earlier at, when we were at dinner at La Cosecha. Yeah. That I was like, Roger. Roger was kind of pulling, pulling some, oh. some voodoo magic, and in, in my pants. Uh. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we gotta get to that during Drag Race time, or else we're gonna oh god, we'll yes. be drag yeah, race. Right, right, right. jump. <laughs> Drag race on a half. <laughs> <laughs> Be like a sponge. Of three hours later. Three hours later. Oh shit! We had a podcast to record. Oh yeah. Uh, watched and, some shit. And meanwhile, Jonathan's trying to go through all of the uh, the audio. Going, what the fuck? What happened? It's been off the rails. Not even ten minutes into recording, and we're like. Sorry. <laughs> Love you. This will be a journey for you. Love you, mean it. Um, but yeah, um, welcome back. You were we were JJ-less last week. Yes, I am back. And next week you'll be Joanna-less. 
Because I'll be in LA. Okay, bye. <laughs> I love you fuckers, but I'd rather be doing, I'd rather be partying than recording a podcast. Party. 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 <gasps> Maybe I'll see that bitch there. Well, not a door, but. I was going to say, I don't, oh, okay. I was like, Katya, what, does no, a door live no, in LA? No, I think she lives like in Palm Springs or something like by Bianca. Oh, maybe, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. I don't know. I always see, this is whenever I see pictures of Bianca's house, whenever Bianca's actually home, it's, oh, look, a door's here. Right. Um, but, no, so my plans in LA are to go to Disney for a couple of days um, with our unpaid intern, Natalia. Show her SoCal, and then we're going to go do touristy shit in Hollywood. And uh, fingers crossed, maybe a drag race viewing party because I thought All Star Seven all winners. The what, what is it? What is the time? I think it's all winners, uh, all stars, all winners. All stars, all winners. I was like, there's something there. But I, I was like, oh, it would be really cool to go to a drag race viewing party. But All Stars is gonna be way done by then, right? And JJ's <laughs> like, fuck yeah, it is. Like All Stars doesn't go on forever. Um, <laughs> we're only halfway through the season now, I think. I think we're just over halfway. Just over through. halfway? I think this last week was the halfway party mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I will be in L.A. Yep, yep, yep. So I know Roger is uh, in Roscoe's. No, Mickey's. going to be at Mickey's mm. in L.A. this weekend. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be in L.A. this weekend. I would see, go see Roger again. But I'm not. So I'm still waiting for them to announce the following weekend because maybe there'll be some cool people. Or we're just going to bar hop. But either way, it's going to be fun. I'm going to meet drag queens. And then you'll hear about my untimely murder. Um, I'm going to disappear <laughs> under mysterious circumstances. And it'll be because my last Instagram post is a picture of me with any major Rue girl because I'm surprised I'm still here because I met Raja. <laughs> because Raja is JJ's queen. <laughs> but I swear to God, if I run into like Willem in WeHo and oh, take a Jesus. picture. Oh, sweet Jesus. And I go missing. This is the this is the evidence here. <laughs> Jonathan, you better leave this in. <laughs> that I, I was murdered by JJ. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I will be dead because of the murder. Just BT dubs. <laughs> so I mean, it's been keep nice that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. It, it's been a love. It's been lovely knowing you all. This will be my final podcast. <laughs> it's been. A, I've been a lovely fifth alternate. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, Alyssa. All right. Um, again, we're going back into drag world. Um, let's let's talk about Jesus our, Christ. Okay. Let's talk about our other favorite gay, Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X, and he got some beef with BET. He do got some beef with BET. And he's hella petty about it because he released a whole diss track about BET and was straight up fuck BET in it. I mean, <laughs> hi, have you met gay people? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. But I mean, I don't, I mean, no lies have been said. Like, it's no, I mean... The fact that uh, you can easily go down the route like, oh, he's being kind of egotistical and be like, what? I was snubbed? How dare they? But I mean, like, it's a little it, odd that he released one of the kind of... The, like, one of the biggest... One of the biggest rap albums, you know... Of the last of, year. Of this last, like, 
you know, last who's year. Who's also arguably not crazy like Kanye West. I mean, no, by no stretch of them. But Does not, in fact, have beef with Peppa Pig. No, 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 no. Um, well, not sex. Friends to all fictional pigs. Right. Um, but it's just, the, you know, he's calling out the fact that BET is, they're being homophobes and being like, hey, I'm a gay rapper. and Allegedly. Well, I mean... It's not alleged. It's not an alleged secret that uh, you know the black community hasn't been entirely welcoming to <laughs> to LGBTQ um, artists, um, despite the fact that you know there are a lot of gay black people. Um, um, I think that. Well, I don't think that it's necessarily just the black community. I think is that it's the hierarchy of the black community. So like places like BET are like, mm, I don't know about that gay stuff though. Um, and it would be a step in the right direction to be like, hey, Lil Nas X did it put on like an, a really good album. And I mean, it's a really good album. I really enjoy this album. And I'm not like the hugest rap fan, mm. like, but I can appreciate it. But like the way that it musically like tells a story like all the way through, it's just, wow. Yeah, and, and he released, and all the singles that he released off of this album were, like, they, like, catapulted into, like, all, all the way up the charts, right? Like, Montero was off of this album, right? Yeah. Or was that the last album? Nope, that's this one. Yeah. It was an early release song. It was a single that dropped before the album did. Right. And so, oh, that's right, because he did the whole, like, I'm pregnant campaign and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then he gave, got then he gave birth got it. to <laughs> Montero. Right, right. So, like, the, name of the, the, album. Fact, the fact that they, like, didn't acknowledge any of that. You're just like, this is a little suspicious, BET. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to call you out on it. I mean, again, though, a little hashtag petty. Here's I my distract. Sure. Uh, but again, hi, have you met gay people? Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I would just like to see Lil Nas X get his flowers for putting together a, a great album and being a great artist and who also just happens to be queer. But, I don't know. We love him. We think he's great. I want to hang out with him. I want to hang out with everybody, though. <laughs> I mean, just in general. But I would love to hang out with Lil Nas X. I think he'd be a, he'd be a hoot. A hoot. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Do better. You better be E.T. I say being not a black person. I mean, it's, you don't have to be black to be like, let's not be shitty to queer artists. No. Um, also, like, let's have more queer, queer rappers. Right? I mean... I mean, right now, like, besides Lil Nas X, I'm like, name another queer rapper, and I'm like, Shea Coulee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no would you protective. consider Frank Ocean a rapper, or is he just like a just a musician? I think he's more of a just a musician. Cause like, I don't I know. Think, I don't know his music. I just know that he's. I think so. A I don't know. I'm also arguably like notoriously don't listen to music. I listen to show tunes, mm. <laughs> and music from like the early 2000s and 90s. Oh yeah. Because I'm old now. I mean, I feel that. I feel that in my hip. Speaking of being old, let's talk about cartoons. <laughs> let's do it. 
So, um, Disney Plus has a... <laughs> <laughs> and we're still keep, but we're keeping it on brand. Um, so Disney Plus has a, a new little show, and it's like a short. Um, it's called Baymax! Exclamation point. So Disney Plus has these fun little, like, sh- has these fun little... Uh, so like animated of, shorts, right? Yeah, a little fun little animated shorts of different shows. Um, there's one called... I think it's Doug Days, Something and it's like one from with Doug the dog from Up, and it's him hanging out with Carl and just having these little adventures while Carl like takes a nap. Right, and they're really cute. Wasn't um, there one with like? Sp- and then there's one with Forky. Forky. You almost called him Sporky because it's a sporky. fucking spork, yeah. but he's isn't that Forky. He's Forky. Yeah, and it's like for, Forky like learns about new shit and stuff, and it's like he's like, what is money? <laughs> And they explain, like, what money is. It's, like, really cute. And so there's one called Baymax. And so I haven't watched it yet, but I saw this article and it was, like, cool. Well, I don't think it's, has, have those shorts dropped yet? Yeah. Like, yeah. They came out, like, when I put, the day I put this up. Oh, okay. Like, they had just dropped this gotcha, week. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so Baymax is just, like, it's a little, little shorts about, like, Baymax trying to, like, complete his mission of, life in San Francisco, San Francisco, such a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, sound bite that Jonathan, we can use that in future episodes. Yeah, include our mini strokes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but so Baymax is going out into the world and his mission is to help people because Baymax is the character from Big Hero 6. And, you know, he's like the healthcare bit, robot, right? Yeah, he's a little healthcare ro- yes. robot. And he's like, you know, how can I help you today? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, all about making sure people are, are healthy. And so there is one image, and it's, I don't know how we get here to this point, but clearly I, there's, there's a, some. There's, I feel like there was a clip. I think I saw like a clip that was, it was like leaked at the point when this article came out or at some point because I remember seeing a clip maybe it was on TikTok but he's like in like uh, oh the... wait here here's one is the Twitter <laughs> that's it yeah yeah excuse me which of these products would you recommend oh um well these are the tampons I usually use thank you I prefer pads they're more comfortable for me thank you I always get the ones with wicks thank you get them scented and bleach free if you can thank you yo my daughter loves these thank you these might be easier if it's our first period thank these you. are really environmentally friendly okay so Baymax is I don't know who he's helping but obviously somebody that who is in need of care is on their period and so Baymax is in the feminine hygiene aisle <laughs> and just walks up to a woman and says, hey, what what brand do you recommend? And she's like, oh, well, these are the tampons I use. And, you know, and everybody starts doing like offering their 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 suggestions. And there is someone who is in the aisle way um, who passes over like a, a brand of like uh not tampons of pads. I use the ones with wings, and as somebody wearing a tra- the trans flag T-shirt, <laughs> and apparently, people have lost their goddamn minds yeah. because of this. Conservative, because conservative internet went like, 
What the fuck? On my Disney channel? Not on Disney. What the shit? How dare we show real life? How dare they? Because you actually you want to know what real life is? Real life would have been Baymax walking in going, hey, what brand do you use? And nobody's saying anything because people are too, like, scared to talk about periods in front of each other. Oh, yeah. Like, the last time I had a woman ask me, like, if I had a tampon, she's like, hey, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to be weird, but do you have a tampon? And I went, one, please don't ask me in a hush whisper. Please don't apologize for having a female body. Um, and at the time, I was like, and the answer is yes, here's a tampon. <laughs> right. I will gladly help you out, girl. I do not mind. Um we need to not talk about it in hush hush whispers um oh side tangent <laughs> i was at work today talking with um early co- like first year college students who are working for us at camp and one of them was like was like i just saw a tiktok and there was a comment on there that was like a woman said that she gave birth and the baby was holding, like, she gave birth with the baby holding her IUD. And I, everybody was like, what? And it, this whole spark, this whole conversation. And so Joanna had to give a, you know, health class talk <laughs> on IUDs and how, like, where actually in the body they are and why that would be weird. And yes, pulling an IUD out immediately upon finding out you're pregnant is the smarter decision so it doesn't like harm the baby and growth and all of these things and it was just so funny because we're all openly talking about it one of the like one of the people in there was a male um and nobody was like this is weird this i was like yes yes new generation thank you Mm -hmm. but i thought that was funny we should be talking about shit like this yes this, this is what birth control looks like yes this is what it does yes it does get inserted in your uterus not tampons. If a tampon goes in your uterus, there's a problem. Yes, seek um, medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, like, yeah, let's normalize talking about tampons and pads. And if you're not comfortable with your small children seeing seeing this right now, you as a parent have the right to just not put that on. Because if you're like, I don't feel like having the healthcare talk with my child right now. Why is B- Why is Baymax buying these weird things what's the tampon it's a thing that you use when you have a period what's the period we'll talk about it later or you could talk about it now but if you don't have to talk just don't let your kid watch the show it's not that big of a deal it's meant to be like targeted to a slightly older generation and it's to educate and it's to educate it's to fucking educate because we're all fucking dummies clearly and the fact that we still in 2022 still have a problem with like didn't they they conservative uh, internet also like made a big deal when turning red had like that scene where the mom was like are you having your period here's all these tampons and here's a well pad. she never even used the word period which is well the no best but part. like still but, but like th- that like, whole scene said, like pissed them off I have tampons I have pads I have mydol I have a uh, people are like oh and I was like they're talking about a period I was like honey. The movie is about a girl who hits puberty and is called Turning Red. What the fuck did you what think did you the think movie this is? Was gonna happen? The entire movie <laughs> is about a, about how a young girl turns into a giant panda at that time of the month. <laughs> That's really what it is. And it's hysterical. I mean, it's, there's more to it than that. It's a beautiful movie. I really loved it. Also, yes, it was great. I, I'm, a, I'm a four townie. 
A what? A four townie. Because the show, the, the band in there was four town. Oh, Jesus Christ. And you're okay. a four townie. Oh. Okay. We listened to a lot of four town at camp also. I, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> my my condolences. <laughs> hey, four town's pretty great. Jordan Fisher's the lead singer and is wonderful. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I just think it's really funny that everybody's like, how dare they talk about tampons? And also somebody wearing a trans flag. Yeah, Gasp. they exist. They exist. Sorry you're offended. But whatever. Fuck off. Do better. Yep. Let's talk about Drag Race. Drag Race. Hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 20 minutes, I swear. It's, it's 20 minutes on the timer, and then we'll, we'll attempt to move on to a new subject this week. Sorry. I've got no sleep. I have to go to the DMV tomorrow. Oh, no. Um, That's not fun. <laughs> We've tried to record this podcast like three different times. Yeah, no, the universe was not with us this week. It's It's been a lot. It's <laughs> currently Thursday for 15 more minutes. <laughs> I'm just tired. I want my vacation. Let's do Drag Race 20. 20 minutes only. Ready, set, go. Okay. I really enjoyed this runway um, for like these Rue uh, inspired, like reimagined looks. They had to reimagine a RuPaul legendary legend super hunty work queen look. Work queen, fiercely, the house down boots mama look. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I like, so it's one of those things, like in the moment I really, I was like, none of these are really boo-boo. And then you kind of look back at it and you're like, okay, well, I mean, obviously Jinx's was like not great. It was also Jinx like decided that she was like finally going to make an outfit that she was halfway proud of and then not put on lips. No, just no. (laughs) I just, I remember thinking, I was like, is there something wrong with my TV? And then, like, I looked at it again, and I was like, oh, she has, like, these small drawn lips. And I was watching uh, the pit stop, and Willow Pill says, what in the lady Camden? She did lips. say that. She did say that. And I died. I, I died, when, died when Bob the Drag Queen called the Vivian Vivian Pinay. <laughs> And then Vivian Pinay, she goes, not Vivian Pinay. Not Vivian Pinay. Oh my God, that was wild. Also, also very wild. But um, I will say, I was very much looking forward to this episode. A design challenge is fantastic. And we've got some great design queens on uh, on this cast. I was incredibly disappointed in a lot of these looks, actually. Um, I, I mean, there are bits, there, there I, were, I think ob- the tops were clearly the tops. I was going to say, objectively, those Jada were the and best. Trinity did the absolute best. They did the best. Um, no, I agree. Cause like there was aspects of all of them that I really liked. And then yeah, they were like, like those, like the Palazzo pants. Yeah. Those pants were beautiful. And then whatever was happening on top, you're like, no like I understand like the concept and I think a couple of the queens did it where they like took the outfit and like flipped it yeah 
which is smart. That's a good yeah. kind of that's a good tactic. But I don't know. I don't think that the the tool ruffles that she was going for were very successful. And I don't know, did, there was like a white band that was like running it and I was like I feel like I shouldn't see that. I feel like that, that was kind of I was a little on the sloppy side and then I thought like I mean, well, clearly these, these these women only had the one day to do this challenge. But, I mean, in that one day, Shay, like, painted on a, like, made a print, a leopard print, like, fabric. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so I was listening to Race Chasems, and Alaska was like, oh, like, you can tell this was, like, a one-dayer, and you can tell that they probably just got an extended time in the workroom. Mm-hmm. And they, they pulled some all nighters. Yeah. They they all pulled an all nighter. So yes, yes, Shay was able to hand hand make this fabric or like hand paint it, um, and make it fierce and look. But notice, only and the top half yeah, of her look. Nothing had happened because on the she bottom. didn't have enough time to make more. And then her pants were a different color because she didn't have the right fabric, or something fucked up. So like, they clearly didn't have enough time to do anything that they wanted. Raja was clearly pissed off that she didn't get the look that she wanted. Right, and she was just she like just, fucking ripping all these. And she just like, I think had an idea. It didn't work, and she was like, "Fuck, fuck it. it, I don't care." She probably went home. <laughs> She's like, "I'm gonna go to the back of the hotel, and I give zero fucks about this." So I'm gonna take an edible. <laughs> it's, right, and go take a nap. I'm just gonna take a nap. Um, because they're just gonna overlook me again yeah. in this fucking design challenge. Um, and I don't know. I just. I found it, I, upon first viewing, I was like, oh, these are fun. And then rewatch, like watching all of my, like the recaps and listening to other people talk about them and kind of looking at the designs again, I was like, oh, I don't love most of these. I'm not mad at them, but I don't love them as much as I liked the other challenge. Mm-hmm. The first design challenge or the previous week's challenge, the, um, Dolly challenge. Was it the Dolly one? The Dolly one was the week before. What was the one previous? That was... Uh, the... Oh, because oh, it was Dolly with the... T, the TRL. Yeah, they did, like, the girl group challenge. The girl group challenge and the runway was Dolly. The runway was Dolly. And then the week before that was... It was an acting yeah. challenge. That sounds right. Where they did something. It was the Veil episode, I think. Well, that was the runway. I, I think it was the, was it the? It was the 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 the, the, the fairy tale justice. justice. Yeah. I almost called it Jersey Justice. That was the wrong All Stars. That was All Stars Four. Different All Stars, yeah. But uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, I was like. Even though they like praised the Vivian's like look, which was like the um, the Despy Awards look, the gold bunny oh, look. Oh, y- you mean the look that looked like exactly like RuPaul's? It was exactly step? yeah. And then all she did on the bottom was just like ruch up some like tool and make it kind of like an asymmetric cut. I'm like, I mean, I do get that like it's a little bit more Madonna inspired on the bottom, but I was like, oh Viv, you nailed it. I was like, no, she didn't. She remade. She just Paul's remade look. the dress. Yeah, she just recreated the She did the nothing look. really, like, all that inventive or interesting with it. No. Um, 
But fuck, that girl can paint herself to look like Dolly Parton. Holy fuck. I didn't really think good. so. You didn't I, think her face looked like all. Dolly? I was bitch where? Bitch where? Not here. Not Vivian. Not Vivian Panay. Oh, Vivian Panay could never. But Vivian the Vivian. Can, <laughs> Vivian Panay wishes. The, no, no, the Vivian. I thought she looked very good as a Dolly. I think, though, that Raja was the best Dolly. Raja was the best one. It's because Raja understood the assignment and had Delta work through her hair. Although Monet's uh, coat of many many color dress was transcendent. It was was glorious. However, can we talk, can we talk, can we talk a minute about the George Washington hair on Shea (sighs) Coulee? I'm traumatized. You know what? I lied. George Washington would never <laughs> would, would never have, put would that never on. with that wig. <sighs> George Washington would have a tighter, more structured curl. That, those were some loosey goosey curls happening down the bouncing on her shoulders there. They were loosey goosey party city white. Dolly Parton would never with I feel white. like a lot of I feel like like even Monet's hair was like really really white. Monet still had a little bit of a yellow in it. It wasn't a lot. It could have gone a little bit more yellow. Like, there was a was lot a... of like really ultra platinum on the runway. Well, Dolly is an ultra platinum. No, I'm talking like I mean there what? were there were silver tops up happening. Oh, I don't think anyone wore silver except for again Shea Coulee's wig. Ugh. That wig was she. I hope she burned that thing. I'm like, what happened, Shay? Oh my! I'm I'm hoping she had a different hair and just something happened to it. So I'm, yeah, like, I'm assuming something happened because Shay would never choose that. Wig. I mean, remember in the early seasons when they used to have like, oh, here are some wigs you can use. Oh, like they a... like dug one of those ones <laughs> from like season like two out, and they go, well, this is the only this is the only one that we can find that's... Like, they probably found another one of Ariel Versace's wigs that she left. <laughs> no, that like, would at least would have been a double stack. <laughs> from the, You think that double stack would have made it all this time? When was yeah. she? Like, season Wait. 10? This was a long time ago. That shit is deflated. Oh, season 11. That's, that's still, like, a decade ago. <laughs> I know, but there still would have been more hairs on there. They, didn't, they don't disintegrate. Well... Either no, way, like like I said, I Shea think it was committed from the, a crime with that wig. It was from the the dollar store challenge from season one. Oh yeah, it's it's just missing the filter. Um, but I don't know. Absolutely I'm excited not. to see another acting challenge. I'm really disheartened by the fact that there's not there wasn't any like any sign of Roger in that preview. I'm hoping it's a surprise, and they're like, surprise, she's getting a star, but I don't think she is. Um, yeah, can we talk about the fact that Evie went from zero to two stars in, like, a single episode? <laughs> this whore. You better work, Evie. Um, and I, I argue that she shouldn't have gotten that, that, uh, that star. I think that was production pulling some production shit. I think Monet should have got that star. Oh, yeah. Uh, For sure. Monet did great. I think she did great I was going to say, I was like, or Shay, but no, that wig, that wig, Ooh. that wig would stop anything. That wig was its own golden plunger. Oh, yeah. She blocked herself with that wig. Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, 
Because um, I thought, like, in the girl groups, I thought, the, I honestly liked the first group better. Their song was better, but I think they also, I think Alaska pointed out, like, obviously their track was better, like, to start with. The Titanic song was way more interesting than the... I already forgot what it was called. The for Together Forever, something like that. I don't recall. I don't know, it was something. Like, obviously their track was better. Um, I just thought that the group was messy. That second group was really messy. There was a lot happening. I get like they had a little bit more like I was gonna say cohesion, but that's not even true. They were just all like stupid, which I mean, Rue laughed the most, so obviously that wins. But I mean, and actually, I don't think the Vivian's verse was the best one either out of there because the Vivian and Evie one yeah I and don't, I was it, like mm, really I would have given it to Monet from the other group yeah and either either Jada or Jinx I would have given it to Jada because hashtag pee and poop jokes are funny Justice for etc cetera, etc cetera, from down under who made a piss joke and got like reamed for it. Oh, she she got reamed for it. Ooh. Oh. Nope, we're not allowed to make that noise. No, oh god, no, oh god. <laughs> you're not, you're not allowed to make that noise. So Jonathan will quit on us, and I'm, I'm then I'll have to learn how to edit the podcast, and I don't want to. And I don't want to. It's too hard. Oh, I'm gonna make you if you if he quits because of you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I liked, I thought Jada's was hysterical. I thought Jada's was funny. I thought Jinx's was funny. I thought Monet's had a really good amount of like, uh, 2000s references. Oh my God, it was chock full of. And I liked Raja's verse from what I remember. But a homegirl, we all know Raja is a viber, not a dancer. No. <laughs> and it was entertaining. And she was serving, like, Paris Hilton, like, long flowy lock hair. And she looked pretty. I love her. I love her I did so like that much. Wig. I did like that, that look. Yeah, I just thought... Oh, and Trinity. Trinity was also there. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot she was in that group. Oh, that's right, because she had, like, the, the teary the mascara. The tears because Justin Timberlake doesn't love her. Oh, God. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and on the, you know, on the cusp of Drag Race, Espana, I think, has, is almost ending. Now, a drag, ooh, we got the cast announcement for Drag, uh, drag Race Canada versus the World. I don't think we got a cast announcement. Yeah, we, we did. We absolutely did. Uh, no, we got a cast for Canada 3. Oh, I was thinking rumored cast for... There's been, a ru- there's been rumored cast flying That's around. Right, right. Because everybody keeps saying that Isis Couture is going to be on the UK mm. or, or Canada versus the world, and I don't buy it. I don't think that's just like when everybody thought MV Peru was going to be a UK versus the world. Right. I don't think it's, it's happening. Um, I did hear though that Isis Couture was confirmed to be a guest judge on Canada, uh, on Canada's three 
Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, that's probably why she like people are like, oh, she's gonna be there. We saw her, probably saw her around there or something. I was like, yeah, she's probably filming her judging bits. Um, but no, so we have a. So Canada Three like is announced, and they're like, yeah, we're excited. Here's our cast, and then immediately after that they're like oh yeah and here's france and here's france here's, it started <laughs> it's just it starts now and you're like bah, bah, bah. and so there's going to be an over there's three overlaps right now because we have france just started uh uh all-star seven is still going on and then canada so three is going to start before we get a crown for all-star seven have has espana season two um wrapped up have they crowned their yeah they did i I mean i hadn't i wanted to watch but i've been busy and there's just so many i can't there's remember how we said we wish that there is always more drag race and that there's i still stand by it i just don't need 12 seasons of drag race happening all at once i would I, i don't mind it i'll get to them eventually I would prefer them a little bit more spaced out because also this happened in Canada season two was that there was also like three other franchises happening at the same time and Canada two got slipped under the rug because Espana came out that same time and like fucking killed it and uh, it was Canada Espana excuse you <laughs> fucking cat. <laughs> Um, and then I think there's one other one that was out at the same time and they were all just, we're all just like, Was it an all-star? Did you say all-star? Oh, it might've been all-star six. I feel like it was an all-star. It was probably all-star six. Yeah. There's just like, I feel like, oh yeah. Cause Canada always comes out when all-stars does. Cause Canada one was out the same time as all-stars five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so... I don't know. I feel like Canada kind of is, like gets the short end of the stick because it has to compete with all these other franchises. Granted, I usually like Canada's on my list of ones that like I'll always watch. Um, I want to start watching France because I want to support Nikki Doll. Right. Um, so I haven't seen the first episode of France yet, but it's on my it's on my to do list. I think I saw that. For can I think Canada also announced that Fangi was going to be a judge. That's so random, and I love that for that energy. And there was another guest judge that they uh, that was announced. I want to say it was for Trackers Canada. Um, there's another like, I want to say Rue Girl, that was announced, but I can't remember now. But that's I would cool. love for that to be a thing. Um, Oh, it does say Vanjie. Okay. Brooklyn Heights reunites with Workroom Crush with Vanjie on Canada's Drag Race 3. See if they say any other ones. Um, What's be said that? Oh, it says... Jimbo also appears on the roster of guest judges for season 3. I think that's what it was. I think it was Jimbo. See, that one I'm not sure about. Like... Bringing someone from a different franchise to come judge, like, within Drag Race, I think is cool. I think having a queen who didn't necessarily win to be like, I'm going to judge you. <laughs> I was an early out in, U- in UK versus the world. Not that Jimbo, like, it was robbery and riggery and <laughs> Jimbo was robbed. 
but like I don't know I feel like that's a little weird whereas uh, like having like former winners on there is cool I think having like icons from like the mother channel I think is great like having Miss Vanjie on there um, a little weird but like you're like that energy with Brooklyn's just always fun but sure. like I want to see former winners on like regular season of Drag Race like being judges like could you imagine like a Bob the Drag Queen guest judging mm-hmm. on a regular season of Drag Race or a Bianca or that, that'll be a gig Bianca will say yes to <laughs> she'll right? be like I get to judge bitches hell yes <laughs> um, I think it would be great to have like oh who else would be fun like former winner on there uh, well, I mean, even just I was some gonna of the say Raja, but there. she's she's competing right now. Okay, <laughs> well, I mean, Raja's a little bit busy right now, but like, yeah, busy. have have that bitch come in and like judge a ball, or right? have uh, Bianca come in and judge a roast. Um, have who else is like have Jinx come in and do an acting challenge? Like that shit would be like amazing. Like, pay the dolls well and keep them going. And we'll stop there. Time to herb. Okay, bye. And on that note, we're going to take a break. Bring back. My break. Hi, Uglies. I love Bussy Queen. I love her. I think she's great. She does her due diligence. Oh, she does. Oh my god. She like, and she like, she like straight up mathematically and mathematically analyzes like the challenges the and shit. And we're like, damn. And she's pretty. She's yeah, she, she's actually really, really sickening. <laughs> But anyhow, <laughs> I was gonna say before we go before dive we go down in. that one, I just realized there's a whole lot of India Farrah drama we didn't even talk about. Oh my God! Not the can't. Juneteenth of it all. <laughs> but we can't. Maybe we'll Damn remember it. next week. We won't. Well, well, we won't because I'm not recording next week. So maybe exactly. In two weeks. I don't know. Maybe that bitch will do something crazy again. Be like, oh yeah. Well, we'll she's just off sit down. Twitter now. So is she still on Instagram? Is she on Instagram? Yep. Well, we'll wait until she pops off again. Hops back on Twitter to say something <laughs> racially insensitive again. It's <laughs> <Just> really stupid. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, Let's talk about television. Because of all the, the television. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, the one that just ended or the one that we just watched last Let's night? talk about the one that just ended. So get it over with. Okay, so JJ is um, a terrible person, has no taste, and thought the Obi Wan show would fight me. Come get, come, come at me, bro. Ew. Obi Wan sucked. Ew, you said it's so masculine and straight. I, I don't like it. It kind of hurt. <laughs> um, I think I pulled something. <laughs> JJ didn't like the Obi Wan show. He didn't like the finale, or you didn't like. You just didn't care about the finale. I, honestly, I just don't. I don't care about any of the show. Like, I was supremely bored this entire time. And I cried like a bitch during the finale because yeah. watching 
like I thought the lightsaber battle for that in that finale was great. The using the force and like actually seeing like lightsaber and the force being used like in tandem with each other. I was like, finally we get to see some cool shit with it. And we get to see like the epicness that is uh this final send off between these two that would lead Vader and the New Hope to say, you know, last time I was like I was just the student and you were the master, but like you were the teacher, but like I'm gonna fuck you up now because I have learned some shit. Um to see like when Obi Wan finally like just starts beating the shit out of uh Darth Vader and we get to see like the half and half reveal of Hayden underneath the mask and having the mix of the Hayden voice and the James Earl Jones voice like coming through and for him to like for Obi-Wan Kenobi to look at him and tell him Anakin I am sorry I am sorry that I failed you I'm sorry that I wouldn't be there for you and I'm sorry that I didn't fulfill my promise to to help you and for him to say oh you didn't kill me you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I, like, you don't need to ask me for forgiveness because you didn't do this. This happened, and it was 100% me choosing to do this. And for, like, to see that, that clean break, and for us to kind of come back and to get these people into these headspaces for when they meet again in A New Hope, I thought it was a really nice way to take the prequels which weren't that great and be like yeah look here's some little bits of stuff to show that they could have been better and to lead us into a new hope which was you know one of the better of all of the star wars movies i say one of the better because empire strikes back is the best um but like to have that there and it's just oh it's so wonderful and it was so nice and it just made my heart smile and i thought you know little baby Leia is really adorable and precocious still and cute and I don't know I like the story that they told um I think that we finally hit like a good end point with Reva because she was not well written and we didn't have enough going into her and like I think what was I, I was listening to a podcast it was I was listening to Double Toasted on YouTube and how they said it I think it was either, it was either Double Toasted live it was I listened to it but no I got this from Mark Bernardin on That Man Beyond and he said what we needed from for Reva's character to work a little bit better and I think that would have helped the plot line and I agree with this is that if we the audience knew going in that she was uh, had a little bit more uh, like vengeance like we understood that oh she was the youngling that we saw at the beginning not just kind of like oh yeah I remember that we're gonna never reference reference it really again until the very end again you like oh yeah that bitch was it like for us to know that and for us to go on this path thinking that one thing but like having a little bit more knowledge about her character and then when it's oh yeah you have this thing and yes I've been on this trajectory to become the Grand Inquisitor but it's because I'm not he didn't turn me into this person I'm here because I'm pissed 
and you could still kind of have that flip but we just needed as an audience a little bit more information and then her drive would have made more sense so it was just like a writing error but I like where we ended up with their character I like that we got to see fucking Baru be a badass because who knew I needed Aunt Baru to be badass but I did and it was awesome and JJ's just playing with the cat because he cares, gives zero fucks. I literally am like, I'm so over this show. Yeah, I I think I li- I enjoyed seeing Ewan McGregor step into his Obi-Wan Jedi robes again. Uh, I do enjoy, I, uh, I did enjoy Reva and her character arc. Um, honestly, other than that, I'm like, I could take it or leave it. I honestly like Book of Boba Fett better. And that's wild to me. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Hot to takes, me. hot takes tonight, kids. Step on right wild up. Wild to me because I think that the show was ultimately written better, and I don't even think like, and like because we talked about this before, and you're like ultimately you're like I just want to be in the Star Wars universe but play with new characters. Like I'm over playing with the same characters over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what. what but I think me. that this one did enough with the new characters that I didn't feel like I was watching the same thing again. And so it felt a little bit different. I think that we finally got to see versions of these characters we didn't get to see before. And then we were allowed to expand upon that. I can agree with the fact that we don't need to keep playing with these characters. Like, they're talking about, like, oh, well, this might get picked up for another season. I'm like, what what story is left to tell? What story (laughs) is left to tell? We ended on the perfect note of seeing Liam Neeson. That's probably gone again. That was pretty cool. And that was great. And I think that we didn't need... We don't need... I don't need anything more from this series. Because we know, based off of A New Hope, that we're not going to see Obi-Wan and Anakin meet up again. Or Darth Vader or whatever. Like, we're not going to see that exchange because they don't meet up again until A New Hope. So, I'm like... And he's not going to go on another adventure with, you know, Princess Leia. He's not going to go on an adventure with Luke. I don't need to see him doing anything else because I don't think he has a ton more left to do. And anything you do need to see of what Obi-Wan does is in Rebels. And that is that the that's the animated show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which Jonathan's trying to convince me to watch and I'm Isn't there like eight seasons of like hundreds of episodes of that show? No, that's uh Clone Wars. Clone Wars, Clone Wars is like a there's like 200 episodes and I'm like I'm not watching that many just episodes no no and this one there's like 80 and they're like that's still a lot <laughs> it's a cartoon though so there's like they're like 30 minutes that's still 80 30 minute episodes go for it it's it's more doable you're watching all of the nanny uh huh and I'm still not done I didn't say I was gonna watch it in a night I just said that he's trying to get me to start watching Rebels. Work. So, like, in my infinite amount of free time, I'll squeeze in some Rebels. But I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. I don't need another season of it, but I thought it was great. And I'm very much looking forward to Andor, which you'll hear us talk about during Straight Talk because JJ doesn't want to watch it. Sorry about it. Um, but you'll get the coverage. You'll just... It'll be me and Jonathan. Um, 
maybe we'll be fun about it and we'll like record it for our our little hot takes on like TikTok or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll try to be clever. Um, let's talk about Miss Marvel because JJ likes that show more. Yeah, I like this last episode too. It was fun. Okay, so we are all caught up with this week. Um. I really enjoy as I, I've said it before I'll say it again I really enjoy the style I really enjoy the Scott Pilgrimness of it all mm-hmm. I really enjoy I really enjoy this actress playing Kamala Khan She's she is delightful yeah um, I really like the character interactions I really mm-hmm. like the Pakistani culture that's being brought in. Especially with this episode, I was like, I'm learning things about Indian and Pakistani history. How cool is that? Right, I really, I do really love that we start talking about partition and what that meant. And, because they only had, like, the vaguest of knowledge of partition really going into this show. Like, I'm aware that was the thing that happened, I vaguely remember learning about it in a history class and as I'm like and it fascinates me enough to want to sit down and be like I should read up a little bit more on this before like next week before we like actually watch this but I I love that we ended this episode with Kamala going into like through like the Nor into like the Nor realm and is ends up in front of the train that she's been seeing in her visions. And that train is the train that took her great-grandmother, great-grandmother Aisha. Aisha to Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. I love that we're getting some actual real-life history. I like that we're still getting some superhero stuff, but it's not too overwhelming or too cheesy. I really love, like that I care about all the stupid little subplots because sometimes there's subplots you're like okay yeah but let's get up let's get back to the like the main characters mm. like I really loved watching her friend run for the what was it the council it's like the council for, for their the mosque. mosque yeah yeah I thought that was great I was really into that I and really, that's pretty I'm, significant yeah. too in like uh like Muslim culture to yeah. have like a woman aspire to like a a like, bigger, a, like a like a leadership role in the community. That's like, yeah. that's a, from my understanding, a pretty big deal. I love uh, finding out if that Bruno got into Caltech and waiting to see if he actually takes the scholarship, which I hope he does. Um, I love the family dynamics. I love the dad. I love that dad. The dad so is much. such like the daddiest dad. He's like so with sweet. his like silly like Hulk outfit on, and he like painted himself green. It was so silly, and it was it, he was really and you can tell like I think what what's interesting in the and I think uh, we kind of saw it with um, so uh, kind of sorta in in Moon Knight, but like the idea of like mother and child. And we've seen it also with like WandaVision and in the Multiverse of Madness, this like idea of this, like the dynamic between mother and child. And um, in this particular case, it's like uh, how they're kind of butting heads. And 
as we see like Kamala kind of coming into her powers and her own like superhero identity and like re- trying to figure out her heritage um, through the bangle and her uh, and the history with Aisha and um, the clandest- the clandestines and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really interesting to see that like that that dynamic kind of play out. Well, and I like the mirroring of it where we see the the struggle between Kamala and her mom and then we and see Kamala's mom, mom and her and mom. Her mom, yeah. And as we see uh, them be able to heal and understand each other more, we're getting to see Kamala and her mom also heal and understand each other more. Because, um, I mean, some of these are really powerful, important scenes of, like, you know, Kamala's mom being, like, I didn't need your stories and your fantasies and basically you trying to be like a friend. I need, I just needed you to be my mom and you weren't that. And I ended up leaving. I went to America because you couldn't be what I needed you to be. And I think that's like, that's like a, a, a thing that is you can relate to at times. I mean, maybe not with necessarily your mom, but like having people, needing people to be that one role for you, even if it's just once. And I don't know. I just found it fascinating. And I think that. And it kind of informs her relationship, how her relationship with Kamala is. Because she's kind of, uh, not reconciling, what's the, like, compensate for like, well, my mother wasn't there for me, so I'm going to be ultra- into your life so that way like you I'm giving you the things that I wish I had from from my mother. Well, and I think it's also though but what's great is that it doesn't necessarily impact her in a negative way because everything that she says and does is like a typical mom thing to do and yeah, is it is she slightly more overprotective than other families and from other than like from other cultures and stuff. Yeah, but there's always it does come from that place of love, but when Kamala breaks that trust it's still they have a conversation about it immediately in the next episode and talk about it and come to terms with it as opposed to oh this is going to be a thing because we butt heads so we're going to be at odds with each other the entire series and we don't see that we see you know Kamala actively trying to understand her mom and being frustrated but still ultimately loves and cares about her mom and we see the same thing with her mom you know gets frustrated and just wants you know her daughter to just realize that family is enough and that it's supportive and happy and a great thing but is you know she's growing up in a modern time in america and her ideas and her ideologies and her beliefs are all a little bit different and I think that it's powerful to see that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum, but we can still meet in the middle a lot. And sometimes one is going to give more than the other, but it always comes back to that middle point. And I think that that's great to show as far as what healthy families look like, because sitcoms don't usually show the full healthy dynamic. Right, right. And welcome to my family TED Talk. Thank you. <laughs> Did you hear the the controversy with uh, Miss Marvel? Oh, which one? Well, a the fact that it like did it, it debuted like the lowest in uh, amongst all the like. Oh yeah. 
Cause I, and I'm like, well, it's because America, like, oh my God, a Muslim? No, not a Muslim superhero. How dare they? Well, and I think, I think, I think part of it's that, and it's also it's a brand new superhero that hasn't been around or established that much, and so most people are like, I didn't like, I didn't like Captain Marvel. Isn't that what this is? So people are just confused by it. I think also. I don't know. I was just as uninformed about Miss Marvel as I was Moon Knight, and Moon Knight was really good. Yeah, but... And Moon Knight seemed to do pretty well. People also just really like Oscar Isaac. And not Muslims. Even though Oscar, Oscar Isaac's, like... Like, Moon Knight's, like, based off of Egyptian lore and whatever. But anyway, what was the other controversy besides people aren't watching it? Uh... A lot of the Muslim community is actually come, uh, calling out uh, Miss Marvel on uh, partly the casting because there's a lot, although being a lot of the character, uh, actors are Pakistani or like um, uh, have Pakistani heritage, I think the parents, Kamal's parents are actually Indian. And so having that, having that like, obviously like, Pakistan and India have like this kind of um, because of partition we're learning of, about it on yeah the we're show. learning about it right now so like they have uh, kind of a contentious relationship and so they're like well in a TV show where obviously like we're highlighting this contention between India and Pakistan you could have easily just had Pakistani actors as the parents and they're like mm, that seems a little misguided casting wise uh, they're also. I heard. I read a, a bunch of articles about how the Muslim community is coming at the show because of the decision to make Kamal at this point. And I don't know if it it could change as we get closer to the end of the show run. But the decision to make Kamala's character a jinn, which in like Muslim in the Muslim religion is incredibly like offensive and sacrilegious so she they explained it though in this episode that she's not a gen that that's just what people call it because people need to name things and so they call the clandestine gins because that's what made sense he's because like he made the guy made some point he goes they would have called Thor a djinn if he landed in the Himalayas. Like, that's just, it, it's power we don't understand, so that's what we're, we're calling it something that we can recognize. And Kamala would hear a name that she recognizes and go, oh, I'm a djinn. And her grandmother was like, oh, yeah, you're a djinn, because that's the only language she heard of it. And so I think that the show has already kind of addressed that. I haven't read that there was, like, controversy on that i think that's the reason why they're calling it out is because they're like they're being so blase about because I, I don't know much about the muslim religion or the relationship with jinns in that religion but from what i read the like the one or two articles or so that i read that like in the muslim religion jinns are considered like a very real thing mm-hmm. and it's not just like a thing to describe something that we're like to, uh, it's not just like a, a word to describe something that we're we you know this like force that we're trying to, to put a name to it's like an actual thing well, and, that it, yeah. and it's and it's like very uh, 
like to put it's like it's like very like bad luck it's like kind of bad yeah and they uh, explain that in the show as well i think i think that prior to this episode i would have been on board with what was being said as far as what you're describing but again i say this episode is like oh no we're not saying these people are jinn we're also not discrediting the belief and the thought process of jinn we're just saying that when people don't it's human nature to try to identify something with a term that you can understand and when you look at something like i could see if we lived in a world like we live in the world we live in now and all of a sudden we had a captain marvel flying around people in american culture would go oh my god that's like a god she's like god and not saying discrediting people's belief of god but it would be a term that somebody could use to describe something until you can find a understand get the actual term or get something that defines it more and i think that's what they were doing with the term jen I don't see it as being necessarily a disrespectful thing, but I'm also not Muslim. Um, but that's well. I, I would think. argue that if so, if people in America were calling what they what they saw Miss Marvel as a god, there would be a lot of people who would be like, "That's sacrilegious. That's that's not a that's not that's not God. That's that's offensive. That's an offensive term to use to describe that thing. That's not God. I take offense to that." I also think people are highly use words are entirely too sensitive to the use of words when they're not meant to be hurtful like well no i think i don't think they're calling out to that they're hurting the community although it could be construed I, that it way it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying <laughs> no i'm just i don't know what i'm just trying to report what i've read in articles i'm neither muslim no 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 anything about this this concept of gins and stuff but um it's i think what they're saying is that the it's it's like the use of that term is to describe like uh a superhero character or a character that we're supposed to like connect with is offensive i think and, and I mean, again, like, they have again, that right would, to be offended. I, like, if everybody it's... has the right to be offended. And I'm just saying, I think that, and Jonathan and I talked a little bit about this last week also, is that there is some of, there is controversy, controversy, I use that term loosely, of uh, people saying that the way of life of a Pakistani American was, is being portrayed a little stereotypically on this show according to some and that it's they consider it to be offensive because it's too stereotypical and not necessarily a a way of life of that represents every pakistani american and my response to that was um one hey at least it's a positive representation and we're still at the point where any positive representation is a step forward in the right direction. And also, 
no show is going to encapsulate what every single person is experience of a certain group of people because everybody's going to have different experiences in life. It's like when you watch something, when you watch like something from overseas and you're like, and this is America. And you're like, that's kind of oversimplifying what America is, but yeah, ish. That's not me in America, but that's a lot of people Mm. in America. We'll go with it. I think that the positivity that's being portrayed is important. And I think that goes back to this topic of the jinn. I think to be able to use the terminology and say jinn and have people go, oh, what is jinn? Is it like genie? I don't know. And have people actually take interest and maybe look up what, what it is or to take to heart, oh, this is what this means and to hear it being referred to a few different times in the show and to be oh this is a part of this culture this is a this is them referring to something instead of saying the devil or saying something is some other common term negative connotation that I you know a person who's mostly white American would say and to have that representation being shown and again, not necessarily in a negative light and not being misrepresented by having a Kamala actually be a, a jinn is important. And I think that because it's not being done in a way that's, oh, she's actually a jinn. And yeah, that would probably be offensive because that's not what it is. And I think the end of the day i'm learning more about this culture and that i wouldn't have known and i definitely would have had less knowledge if they hadn't used the term jen work let's let jonathan talk about straight shit now cool go be straight i mean i i i I pulled a muscle trying to be straight earlier (laughs) not you it's not cute it's not cute look on you we'll let jonathan continue to be straight yeah Straight talk. Straight talk. Straight talk. Straight talk. It's mostly politics. Producer Jonathan here. As a straight white man, there are certain topics I'm able to parse that our hosts won't touch, and the team still feels they're worth the airtime, so fry up a grilled cheese with white bread and craft singles, and let's get into it. Pride is over, and if you've been following federal politics the last two weeks, you're probably wondering why we would even have straight talk this week or any week from now on. It really is just... But me to last for words, I say, as I say a bunch of words, and I don't know what to do about the fucking categorical failure of the last 22 years or more. Uh, donate to a bail fund if you can for protesters. Uh, you, you can look up a local one, probably. Uh, be careful, you know, what laws change where you are. Don't talk about plans or details uh, about anything you're going to do on social media or like via text or even the encrypted ones like Signal or Telegram. Just it's not worth it. Talk to people that you trust. Don't trust anybody, though. And do talk about it in person. You know, if you got to go on an out-of-state camping trip or something, talk about it in person. Uh, Listen to women and stay safe. 
And yeah, you know, maybe I should just cancel the segment, but I also have some thoughts on Obi-Wan that I don't think I've heard anyone mention. So, um, ignoring the terrible, awful things that uh, I are in real life outside of podcast land, uh, straight talk, you've been hearing, you know, on the news, uh, written in concurring Supreme Court opinions, because that's, let's be honest, those are, those are just as much straight talk as this uh, segment on the podcast is. Uh, I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about Star Wars, because there's like a thing about the Obi Wan show that I think hasn't really gotten enough. Like I haven't seen enough people talk about it. Like, and it's the thing that I want to talk about it. Because as much as I love the you know uh, sword fight between Vader and Obi Wan, like we had that, and I I am sure that. Uh, Joanna will give you all of the details and gushing about that because she is extremely pro uh, Darth Vader doing extremely cool action stuff. And, you know, I'm not opposed to that either. I think it's I think it's great. I loved it in Rogue One. Um, but, like, I don't know. Throughout the Obi-Kenobi like, show, like, the things that it did uh, thematically, I really thought uh, a couple of them were important. We see at the beginning... Of the show Obi-Wan, legitimately there's a guy who asks for his help, and he tells him no, and that guy dies. And we just have to see Obi-Wan deal with the fact that his inaction uh, killed a guy. And he has to know that his inaction has killed lots of people, because he and Yoda, at the end of Revenge of the... Yeah, Revenge of the Sith, went into exile. So they abandoned their, like, connection to the Force... Uh, and like, and calls forward to Luke doing the same thing in the Last Jedi, that uh, the character Reva is like the epitome of that decision. The decision to, uh, yet yeah, we lost the war, like where the Jedi are over. Jedi's canceled the party, right? And what are the consequences of that? Well, the consequences that are Reva, who like Reva's mad at, like she has an infinite amount of hatred for Darth Vader. And most people are like, well, her her, uh, anger should only be directed at Darth Vader. But to me, I can totally see why she's uh, obsessed with and hates Obi-Wan Kenobi because Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, didn't die trying to stop uh, the Empire. You know, he's he's still around, so there must have been something more that he could have done and that is, like, he's the only one who could have stopped this bad thing from happening, and the bad thing didn't stop from happening. So I can see, like, the logic in why her, like, character is experiencing so much anger towards Obi-Wan. I think, um, like, seeing from the from the beginning where Obi-Wan completely doesn't help uh, the Jedi at the beginning... Um, I think it really contextualizes Reva's anger and how abandoned she feels by the Jedi Order, which is the same thing if you watch a million episodes of The Clone Wars and, like, a few episodes of Rebels. It's very similar to Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tan, because uh, she's, she's, like, also steps away from, the, from being a Jedi. She doesn't consider herself a Jedi, which we learn in The Mandalorian. She's like, I'm, I am no Jedi, or whatever she says. Uh, and that's, you know, way more important to me, the contextualization of that anger, the consequences of uh, the last two Jedi Masters going into exile 
uh, after Revenge of the Sith. Um, I think that was way more important to me in the Kenobi show than seeing uh, a couple duels between Vader and Obi-Wan. Because we had like 30 minutes of that in Revenge of the Sith. And we had like five minutes of it in The New Hope. But that's, you know, as a Star Wars fan, uh, nobody gets uh, angry about Star Wars than Star Wars fans. Nobody has as much passion about the particular medium as Star Wars fans. And I think the show, I like the show. So, like, you know, take, take, take that with what you will. Lastly, it was an amusing development in straight culture. Uh, in a story that's sure to be a whitewashed remake of Kinky Boots in a few years, a mob boss, literal, like, this is not a metaphor, like, literal mob boss discovered that his son was performing drag. And as a result, the literal mafia is lifting a ban on homosexuality. Uh, it brings a whole new definition to conservatives' favorite phrase, uh, the woke mob. Um... Now, like good for, good, good, good for the mob. Good for, good for the mafia. Good job, you guys. You're doing something right. Uh, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I'm not going to endorse organized crime or the mob or mafia or anything of that nature. But if you're listening to this and you're like thinking politically, if you're less progressive than literal murderer criminals, maybe you ought to take a look at yourself and think, maybe maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. It's possible. As a straight person, I'm sorry. See you on the next season of A Handmaid's Tale. Uh... If you have, you know, documentation of your legal uh, LGBTQIA plus marriage or uh, anything of that nature, you might want to go get uh, paperwork uh, if it involves uh, custody, uh, power of attorney, uh, a will, last will and testament, like in writing. Um, you want to get all that squared away, notarized, whatever the official, like, uh, legal legal documentation you're gonna need is because I dread it, but I think that I think that the Supreme Court shit's only getting started. So yeah. Anyway, on to some more silly pop culture stuff. Whoop 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 whoop. Straight, straight talk. talk. Straight. And we're back from all that straightness. I'm I'm ice in my hip right now as we speak. Oh, that sounds. Not straight. No, it sounds old. <laughs> <laughs> I say as I try to pop my back. Um, hey, guess what I did? Joanna played catch up. Joanna played catch up. Joanna finally finished all of the episodes of The Boys, including the newest one. The one oh my that God. Not, not the one that's dropping tomorrow or 35 minutes ago as of recording this podcast because we haven't watched that one yet. But I've watched through episode five of Du Bois. Du Bois, the infamous Herogasm episode. I watched the Herogasm episode. That episode was wild. Oh my God, yes. Um, I got to see the little musical bit episode. 
Although, like, I kept hearing people refer to it as the musical episode, and I was like, oh, do they like, no, all break out into song? No, it's no, just it's a just, bit. it's just, it's just, uh, uh, Kamiko. And, um, and that was, it was sweet and then horrifying. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is sweet. That's, it, that's the this. perfect description of the show. It's, it's sweet and yet also horrifying. horrifying. <laughs> But no, I've been enjoying this the ride that is this fucking crazy fucked up show. Um, Great. I I was shooketh when they killed a homeboy off. The I already forgot his name because he was barely on the show, but the one who was just like the new the new superhero the guy. new superhero who was inducted into the set a supersonic. I think yeah, that was his name. Supersonic. Um, they like just straight up killed him right away, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that's cool." Yeah, and I was like, I was, I was like, "What? Are, where are they going with this character? What's going to happen with this guy? Are they going to? It seems too good to be true that they're just going to like team up and like." Yeah, they're just going to be friends, and there's no not going to be any weird like forced like tension, sexual tension, or mm-hmm. something between the Starlight and no. <laughs> no, they're just like, nah, fuck it. Let's just kill him. Let's just kill him. And we're like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, okay, what I want to say about this show that I have to say more than anything else is that Anthony Starr needs every Emmy that was ever made for Prime Yeah, Television. the moment where he was like, uh, when he, he had Willem Dafoe Defoe his moment. Yeah. Oh, that Willem so Defoe. So good. It was like a Willem Dafoe, Tyler Durden moment. That was so good because, like, he's having this, like, come to Jesus moment with himself in the mirror. But then when they pull out for this wide shot, he's not speaking. But you can still hear the mirror talking. And I was like, oh, that's good. He's so good and he's so terrifying. And without, like, yelling. And it's incredible. Yeah, there's there's, like, a very frightening intensity in the way that he, like, speaks. Homelander speaks and it speaks to the like just the the caliber of acting that Anthony Starr is bringing to the table I'm like oh my god that moment and just like all the, uh, you see it kind of throughout this the episodes of like little moments of him like getting to like that point where he's like I'm gonna fucking snap and then he like pulls back and you can like see Physically, it, like all that tension building up and then releasing, and it's all in his face. And you're like, that's f- fucking good. Oh, yeah. Like the things that that man, like the way you see like 18 different emotions go across his face in about 30 seconds mm-hmm. without a single word is incredible. Going from like anger to like self doubt and pity to like sadness and circling all the way back to like smug arrogance and you're like I'm terrified right now <laughs> no because it's, this is it's psychotic and there's always like he's been able to over the course of this the series different series of the show bring it to the point that every time he's in the room he doesn't even have to say anything and you're like I am terrified for everybody. I am so who's nervous character. right I'm now. Like, I am terrified for every character in yeah. this room right now. Um, also, I think that as far as like my predictions, 
I think Ashley's finally going to die this season. Uh, and which will make me sad because I'm actually really liking Ashley's character. <laughs> I adore Ashley's character. I really love the decisions that, like, because one of her characters is just a hot mess. Such and I a love, hot mess. I love seeing, because, like, that moment when Starlight was talking to her and she was just like, we need to, you have oh, this yeah. chance. Like, this, he is unstable. He is, like, he will kill everybody. Like, you have to like this job can't be worth more than what you're than like than your life and then she like you see this moment where she's like oh fuck it I have to go and then she stops and she's like no we're gonna stay put yeah doubling down on it oh also is a train dead did we see him die last episode because as of right now it's unclear but I think he definitely murdered Blue Falcon. Something like that, yeah. Uh, Blue Hawk, Hawk. Nighthawk. Night no. I thought it was a color and like a, a bird. I don't remember. Blue Hawk, Blue Falcon, Blue. Something like something that. Something or another? I don't know, the racist one. <clears throat> the racist one was murdered by A-Train, but A-Train has a heart condition because he took too much V. Yeah, I, I mean, at the very least, he had, like, a major cardiac, like, episode. Because, like, I thought, like, was that the insinuation? Because I was really hoping they were going to do a little bit more with that character, but then, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, no, we kind of, we, we kind of checked off all of his boxes. We saw, like, the downfall because his brother was is now paralyzed, now paralyzed because of I'm going with Blue Hawk sure Blue Falcon Ugh, I could google this but now I don't want to I don't care enough he's dead um, <laughs> oh he hella dead <laughs> he hella dead hella dead he, but we see him die and then all the while like we see it run and then we see like see him run and he's like you know giving him road rash across the face until his skull's gone um and then we're hearing the accelerated heartbeat, and, and he lies down, and then it stop, it slows, and then it just stops. And I'm like, is he dead? But usually we like get a little more. Usually there's a little bit more like sploosh when they die. I was literally, I was like, please don't make his heart explode. Please don't make his heart explode. It's like please right out of his chest. Explode. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was literally, I was like, please don't make his heart. He's like explode. bracing yourself. There's only so much I can take right now. I watched. MM get like covered in like oh my god I'm like I just I just need I just need to not see this man's heart explode and then it didn't and now I'm like well maybe his heart should have exploded and I would have known for sure he was dead right now I have no closure until whenever you decide until whenever I have time to watch this next episode um I'm also like I loved that. I mean, he also did get that moment with Huey where he like he apologized apologizes for and they get the immediately sp- punched in the face. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and when I love that, it was Huey was like, I don't know what to do with this information. Like, what what is my life now? Because yeah. I'm here on this mission because A Train wouldn't apologize or give me the solace of knowing that he knows what he did was fucked up by kill like right. running into my girlfriend and I confront him about it finally after all of this time and he goes you know what you're right I'm sorry yeah, I'm sorry I was, was really up. fucked up 
because I understand what you're going yeah. through now. Now that his brother's paralyzed, yeah. he understands the He's like, wow, superheroes kind of are a menace. And I was really irresponsible with my trajectory yeah. and with my power. And I am sorry. And I think what's great about the fact that Huey just punches them is that it's not, I don't believe you, you're, you smug bastard. It's She's like, I don't know. I've dedicated the last few years of my life to making things right with the world because of this moment. Yeah. And you just proved to me that you as a superhero can grow and change and apologize. And my mission is to just kill everybody who's here because I need Homelander dead, which we do need Homelander dead. Homelander can go fuck off. Oh my God. Fuck that guy. But we've gone through this whole process and now I don't know what the meaning of life is anymore. Yeah. Is that's a huge existential crisis that I hope we explore a little bit more. Also, Starlight just fucking quit on Instagram, which I thought was <laughs> on amazing. On Instagram Live. Yeah. Um, I really like that we have our heroes going in like two different tr- like they're they're taking two different paths but are, like are going to constantly end up in the same position. Like I love that they both went their own ways and ended up at this orgy house. Right. <laughs> Ultimately in the same spot, yeah. Um and I swear if we get to the end of the series if we get to the end of the series and Frenchie and Komiko are not the only ones with, or like don't have a happy ending. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna riot. I'm gonna cry so I much. I do love their, and I love the fact that like we've seen two and a half seasons of their like of their like relationship like really really blossom and like culminate in that like that musical like, yeah. moment, and like and then he kissed her and then she was like. It, or it's she kiss. kissed him and he's like uh gotta go and it's like it's just all so sweet it is and I think that it makes me god. really attracted to Frenchie actually of course you are <laughs> oh my god I mean but I think that at the end of the day like they've gone through so much I mean mm-hmm. all of these characters have but they've gone through so much and still managed to not be shit people that all I want is for them to be able to be they happy. They need to be protected. They, we need to protect those two. And, um, yeah, I'm Especially really now excited. that Kimiko doesn't have her powers anymore, it seems. Right? Like... Like, at least she had that. And I understand her, you know, talk about existential crisis. Like, she... Her, all, her existence was just, like, to be used as a weapon. And she, like... The moment where she's like, I'm not your fucking gun. I was like, Kimiko, yeah! You go, bitch. Well, and I think that when she lost her powers, like, the, I mean, she looked at she him. Was she was relieved. Like, she was like, it's heavy. I'm so excited. It's yeah. heavy. And I think that, I think that their story, their side, their, this little side plot story is one of the more interesting things that's happening. Um, also, Jensen Ankles as, I said ankles. Ankles. <laughs> ankles. <laughs> Um, Jensen, cornbread, the snack ankle. Jeté. Jeté. Excelsior the third. Excelsior the third. Um, his addition to the cast is like, mwah. 
Oh yeah, he's like. I oh, think he's he, great. He's like the perfect like. I don't want to say foil. No, because he's fucked up he's, too. He's just as fucked up, if not more. <laughs> he's just how? Not, he's just not as strong as Homelander. I don't know. I mean, they kind of like were no. It took three. Back. No, it took three of them to bring Homelander down. Three of them with powers, because Soldier Boy was getting his ass handed to him by Homelander until uh, Butcher started using his laser vision and powers on him. Because he's like, I'm not dead, bitch. And started going at it. And then Huey comes in and uses his powers. And they finally had him down. And he's still vamoosed out of there without being murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because also, apparently, the only he's way that... He also goes nuclear. That's pretty fucking badass. The... But the only way he can go nuclear is if he hears, like, Russian pop music. Katya, go for it. <laughs> Katya, you're our only hope. You're our only hope hope against Homelander. Yeah, all you gotta do is sing Russian pop songs to him. And then sing Russian pop songs to Soldier Boy. (laughs) To Soldier Boy. (laughs) While Homelander is detained. Um, Call Katya. (laughs) Per. Party. Party. Um, But yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I'm excited. To find out if A Train's still alive or not. That's where I'm at right now. It's like, is A Train still alive or is he dead, dead? Because on this show, if you're not, if if you're not, your body's not torn. If you haven't been like disintegrated, you might might still be alive. Yeah. Faux show. Oh, I just it it just popped into my head that um, the deep was getting fellatio from an octopus in this episode. Oh yeah, I was thinking of the 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 part that freaked me out was when he had to eat his friend. Mm-hmm. That that scene was so disturbing. The that worst scene. part about it, the his wife was sitting there like, "Fucking do it, eat that goddamn squid," and you're like, "Oh, and I, don't, I like, don't know about this bitch." <laughs> he's if, well, yeah, no, no, she's fucking psycho. She is psychotic. She's, like, always behind him. She's, like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, always coaching him when he's, like, speaking. She's, like, Well, not even coaching. She's sitting there reciting the words that he's supposed to say. Uh, Yeah. Because she wrote them. She wrote the... She she told him what to say. Oh, yeah. It is... That is wild. (laughs) Wild. Okay. Well, we're going to throw it to a break-ity-break-break-break. Break. Break Break it off. Break. Break me off a piece of that break-ity-break-break-break. Did I mention break? Oh, what are we doing right now? Oh, yeah, go for break. break. Oh, my God. I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center. At 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. And we're backpack, backpack, backpack again. Rolling backpack again. Jam backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here. We're queer. Nope, it's not Pride Month. Can't say that anymore. <laughs> oh fuck! God Can't damn do it. it! Can't do it. Never mind. Well, we're bye, not- gay. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's talk about things coming up. Yeah. Okay, so Stranger Things is here now. It's here now. We'll watch it at some point. We're going to have to carve out five hours of our lives to do so. But... Longer than five hours. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be longer than five hours. No, it might be about five hours. It's probably about five. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. An hour the... and a half, and like the last last episode is two and a half hours. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Got to go to the bathroom first. <laughs> Make sure that I get a comfy spot on the couch and hunker down for this one. And apparently there are deaths that are coming. Yeah, this is what They've makes been, me real nervous. Um, we've gotten a, uh, a, a picture on Instagram of what's-his-face who plays Will just sobbing, going, I just finished watching the last episode of Stranger Things. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, dear. Dear God. Um, so hydrate. Hydrate. I mean, um, yes. you don't, you don't cry, but I will because I. Cry I experience like a bitch. no human emotions. <laughs> I'll be crying like a bitch, I'm sure, and we'll report on it at some point. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited, and then. I'm so excited. What was the other thing that I put on here? Hocus Pocus two. Hocus Pocus two. With we've already talked about all of this shit. <laughs> We talked about cornbread, but that's all we got to. That's all we. That's all you need to know. <laughs> cornbread and possibly. Possibly tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Some uh, drag queens are going to be in it, and the poster has what's your yes. face on Roombas. Yeah, I think uh, Catherine and Jimmy's character is on Roombas. I think uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character is on a Swiffer wet jet. And I'm like, <laughs> and Bette Midler still has her broom. Bette Midler still still has still has a, is on the on broom. the broom, but uh, it's so funny. It's so silly. You're like, uh huh, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. Oh, all is well with the world. I mean, it, the the little teaser trailer that we did get looks fierce. I mean, it looks good. I'm excited. I'm really, I mean, the, I mean, how long has the internet been clamoring for a Hocus Pocus sequel? Like forever. For the longest time. So the like, gays have not stopped talking. And, uh, still aren't. Hello. <laughs> but uh, I really hope that they, this doesn't get like, it's not like a massive letdown. I don't think it Hollywood would be because. Because Hollywood and sequels are, have a checkered past. But I don't see Bette Midler agreeing to do it without there being a good script. I mean, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. But still very wary still very wary that's okay i'm i'm still gonna watch it and it's gonna be oh, fun yeah, we're gonna definitely gonna watch it it'll probably be what's it when's the drop september something end of september i think something like that yeah just in time for hollow the spoopy season the spoopy season the all halloween Not Hollow's Ween. <laughs> no. Well, I was gonna say... <laughs> oh no, that broke me. That broke me. <laughs> no. I'm so tired. I haven't slept in like four days. That's good. Between oh, Jason Ankles and All Hollow's Ween. Oh god. Uh, I hate myself. <laughs> Uh, and it's not Pride Month anymore, so it's not a hate crime anymore. You just hate crime. me. <laughs> I just hate me now. Oh, God. The world is terrible. 
Um, hopefully that movie isn't. Um, I'm going to stop talking now. Actually, I can't. No, you I can't. have to outro. You have to outro. Oh, God damn this like, quality of <laughs> quality of work bullshit. I know. Okay, well. Hey, thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You certainly didn't ask for mine, and I'm giving you all sorts of bullshit today. Um, you can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyasterpinion at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at nobodyasterpinion. You can listen to us on YouTube at nobodyasterpinion podcast. Fun fact. I actually uploaded a video on on our uh, on our YouTube page. I actually spent time video editing the my time at the drag show. My so, condolences. <laughs> Not for the drag show, but for the editing. The actually it wasn't that bad. Movie makers really easy, and um, you should check it out because I have both of Raja's uh, drag performances oh, yeah, in full. I know you mentioned it's that. like a yeah, twenty yeah. minute video, but it also includes clips of all the local queens. Nice. You're welcome. Go to our YouTube page. Um, you can follow me at Joey Snow 2006 and you can follow JJ at PianoMan underscore zero five. Follow our unpaid intern Natalia at the Third World Creative and our producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast and tell your friends to check us out. Or after this episode, don't. I totally understand. <laughs> it's like we get it. We, we get it. Um... <laughs> Join us on days that we release podcasts. You'll find out because you're all subscribed. You'll get the little ping and you'll be like, ooh, a new podcast. Yay. Remember, but not the mm. I didn't do that. I'm just saying, just make sure we don't cross no lines. We can't have No no no. It's not Pride Month anymore. I can't I don't get away with that any longer. Oh, that's bye gay. (laughs) Bye gay. Bye. (laughs) But like yeah. But yeah, bye gay. Bye, gang. <laughs>